This is Ellen. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the Dice Over Everything companion podcast where we roll a dice and talk about a topic for whatever number comes up. All right, Alan, you got a topic? Yes, I do. I've got a whole bunch. So you're ready for this? Yep. Uh, all related to miniatures in some way, just in case you're wondering. So my first question is uh, related to monsters. So there's a lot of different great uh, miniatures, uh, monster miniatures, but there, there's, a, there's a lot that are quite similar and it made me think about uh which one is uh, better for that kind of archetype right in terms of miniature form so my question is what is the better uh miniature if you could only have just one of these would you rather have a giant a troll or an ogre so one minute so short short and sweet all right i didn't hear the roll bell just accept that so I think the giant and the ogre look too human-like. So they just feel kind of weird to me. And I've already painted so many humans that uh-huh. the troll is actually not human. It has lots of other cool features going on. So mm-hmm. I would rather paint the troll and I can speak from experience because right now I'm painting Blood Bowl and working on a troll for that. And it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to paint something giant and kind of like goblin-like but bigger. So there's my 30 seconds. Your 30 seconds. All right. So I will agree. Troll, definitely. It's much more different. I think the problem with um, I think ogres and trolls are similar. Giant, I think, is, ends up being too big for miniatures. Um, it's just, you know, when people think about giant, of course, you know, a giant is whatever you feel like. But in general, I feel like giants end up being too big, whereas trolls, right about the size, right size uh, and less human-like. So it's a great miniature painting piece. Yeah. All right. Is that it? That's yeah, basically that's it. Was like a whole minute. All right. So, what's the next la topic? All right. So, even though we haven't been going to game stores lately because you know mm-hmm. people don't feel like getting sick, that keeping a game store running is tough. Like for them to make a profit with all online sales and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the other way for them to make money and attract well, not attract people to play at the store, but like get some sort of reimbursement for offering you the service of having tables to play at is if they offered memberships that let you get something at the store or like, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure exactly. We, the question is too short to define that, but do you think most people would be we'll see how, to, how, how, what the number is on the dice and maybe we could define Yeah. It. it depends how deep we go, but the basic premise of the question is, do you think most people would be willing to pay for a game store membership? Three minutes about good um do i think most people would be willing to pay for membership no i do not think that most people would Mm -hmm. unless you state it in a certain type of way um there has to be some sort of alternative to the membership fee i think membership fee or a membership is a great tool to um have extra services like we, we we talk about these days about how gaming stores are not just a re, not just retail. Uh, retail is just their sales channel. They have uh, their their idea as a marketplace is being a third way, a third place. Sorry, right? Yeah. A third a place where people go and and basically hang out. So you need some sort of space to play. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to compete with online sales. Um, so in that way, a membership is a good way to, to encourage people to come in, show, show up and, and experience what a game store actually has to offer, which is more than just uh, ordering for whatever you want and like picking something off the shelf. 
Um, but you need an alternative because most people are going to, are not going to want to have that level of commitment. No, I, I some seem to think there's a barrier for that too. So there's gotta be some sort of like incentive to it or gamification or something else to it. Yeah. And I think you need that alternative. You need to have to say, if you don't want a membership, here's another way you can come and experience at least the norm, what people expect from a game store. Right. So the thing is for board game stores, not miniature stores, like having table fees seems to work for them uh-huh. that they're able to build a business model off of that. So do you think then instead of membership fees that just table fees are more sensible? Because I mean, people pay for gym memberships, but there's more guilt yeah. around gym memberships where you're like, oh, yeah. I should really get in shape. So I need this membership fee. Whereas with entertainment, you're not guilted around not being entertained enough. So I think with the membership fee, it's a good, I, I, again, you know, people want membership fees to incentivize people to show up and feel some sort of ownership over the space. So I think that's a good way, a track to get people in. But I do think that a table fee as an alternative, like I talked about, right? Like most people are not going to want to do either. Obviously, who wants to pay, right? Um, but if you have a membership fee with an alternative as a table fee, even if it's a cheap table fee, you are pushing someone into the membership if they want to, you know, start attending more. And then once they get a membership, they start feeling some sort of ownership and belonging with your group and, and uh, yeah, with your group. So I think combining the two, right, making it so that there's some sort of value for the membership, because if you're not paying membership, you have to pay a table fee, right? Maybe, maybe it's just two bucks. Come in, pay your two bucks. You can or buy buy a product or pay two bucks. And then you can go in and play, sure. Or you can have a membership fee, which is maybe just 10 bucks and you can still buy products for 10 bucks, right? But now you don't have to worry about it and you get all these extra incentives on top of that. Maybe you can pre, pre-book a table or you can, I don't know, do ordering, right? Maybe you can only order if you have a membership. Or pre-order stuff, yeah. Yeah, pre-order stuff. Because they, they know you and they trust you to come and get it. Yeah, I think I think just your basic premise of not shoehorning them into only the one option of membership mm-hmm. is probably what needs to be thought about. So yeah, there's there's an easy there's a very dense three minutes about that. Dense as in longer than three minutes. No, no, no. It was that was probably three forty. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, next topic. Um. So I think we talk about this a bunch, but. Um, uh, this one is related to Games Workshop models. Um, so I think we talk about how Games Workshop, a, lo- a lot about how Games Workshop's uh, models are heroic scale and they look stupid um, because their heads are too big and their, their hands are too big. And some people would retort that it's um, it's just a style, but then the style of the Games Workshop models is different than their art because their not, art is not does not have giant heads and giant hands. So my question is, uh, do you think that the difference in games works, how Games Workshop models look and uh, versus like the models versus the art really matters? All right, what do we roll? To the people who buy the models. Obviously not does. Five minutes. Ooh, almost finishing us off on this one. So the art is actually like really impressive for the most part because Games Workshop has been around for so long that they've built up an impressive repertoire of art. And it sort and of- they have of, some very distinctive artists, like artists with distinctive styles that really stands out and it's cool. Yeah, like even from the get-go, it had more of like a, 
it's hard to describe like a heavy metal feel to it originally, like yeah. a very punk heavy metal feel to it. And that, that was based on the times. And now it's evolved to have like a very, the art's quite detailed. Whereas the miniatures, I and find chaotic, not. but chaotic, chaotic. And... So I feel like the, the, the default art style for fantasy and science fiction is now video game world of Warcraft style which yep. is a lot cleaner. It's, it's detailed. It's a little bit cartoony, but cleaner, right? But it's also very, it's, a little, it's realistic, right? Somewhat. Uh, maybe it's actually not that realistic. It's actually in between, right? It's a cartoony-esque style. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, but it, you, yeah. But when you look at Games Workshop uh, art, it's a lot more chaotic. It's trying to evoke the feel of endless battles. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot less, um, you know, detailed line work and, and that kind of stuff, right? So I think the chaos really does a good job of reflecting the artwork because it actually has like that higher level of detail, the grittiness to it and all that, like in the Chaos Space Marines. Mm -hmm. Whereas the rest of the factions seem to be like a dumbed down version of all their art. Yeah. Like the Primaris, the Primaris like... has brought it a little closer. There's a little more level of detail going on and a bit more like better proportions joints that could actually function but the other function other actions like especially dark elder and things like that should be super gritty are all a little too just dumbed down and cleaned up versions yeah i do feel like one of the biggest issues honestly I, we talk about this all the time is the heroic scale right mm -hmm. like to me this this is so different in terms of like you look at the art the art is beautiful right they have the, like the, the the eldar the dark eldar are like super elongated and you know with have normal sized heads and their helmets seem right and then when you look at the models their helmets although they're aliens you could say oh they're supposed to they're supposed to have that big heads and, and proportions but then you compare it to the art and it's different and you look at the orcs as good as I like the orcs and how you could say that's just they're just aliens, when you compare it to the art, they don't look the same. Their heads are giant, right? Yeah. And I it matters to me so much. I my my real question is why doesn't it matter to other people? <laughs> but it doesn't seem to matter. It, it people just seem to gloss over it, right? No, I think I think they become used to it as the norm. And if it changed, they'd be just bothered by the fact that it changed, not not whether it was worse or better. Just the mm -hmm. fact that their expectations weren't being fulfilled anymore from all the years of building models. So do you feel like though, like, and maybe this is why if you have the more of the board game like miniatures, they are more likely to be realistically scaled versus their their uh, classic lines, right? Warhammer uh, 40,000 and Age of Sigmar, which is a continuation of uh, Warhammer the Old World. Yeah, because the people who are coming into board games are possibly getting like their visuals from the video game world. Or the art from the board games, right? The art. So they expect them to look like the art. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go to Age of Sigmar or Warhammer 40,000, the models don't look like the art. Their heads nope. are huge and comically large. Nope. And with our like current a cartoon model. version of the art. Mm -hmm. So, but why do you think it doesn't matter to people? No, well, I think because so. think they've built up previous expectations from armies they've had before and they're just they're playing to their you think they just accept it well, it's they're expecting it yeah so they, they accept it because it's become the norm to them yeah it's just like so it was weird. the norm to us for a while and then we yeah 
So we started playing something else, and then it started looking and weird. And then it became really annoying. Because we played warm, because we played, well, we were down to our last minute, but we played Warhammer, which was Heroic Scale. Then we played War Machine, which also was It's in between. It was an in between. It was in between, though. And that's why, because of Warhammer, War Machine, it's like the models that were less heroic looked better to me. Right? The ones that were, some of them were actually just not heroic. They were like realistic scale. And I'm like, oh my God, that model looks so good. And my, I remember my sister looking at like Harkovich, which is so much less heroic. And she was like, wow, this model's a lot better than your uh, Warhammer 40,000 stuff. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, it's not. And then now, then I looked at it more closely and I'm like, yeah, it is. Yeah, he's like a Russian warrior dude who doesn't, who like has. Yeah, the detail on it, the, the, like the what do you call it the um scaling on it just everything was better yeah okay there's our there's our five of how how we've we've, people have gotten stuck in that rut yeah i don't know if we answered that really well besides like i don't know i guess they just don't care (laughs) they're just used to it so i don't know i'm still i'm still wondering i guess but hopefully people will come over the edge all right last one you got one no, I thought you said you had lots, but we may, we may not. Yeah, yeah, I got another one. I got another okay. one. I'm just wondering if you had another one you wanted to do. Oh. All right. So this last one is about miniature gaming. So uh, when you uh, choose models in a game, right? Generally, you know, models will ha- will serve a certain function. So my question is. Which one, which of the, the main functions of a, of a miniature do you prefer to have on your, your guys? Mobili- mobility, defense, or offense? All right, how long are we going for? The full shebang. Oh my God, six? Yep. Holy crap. It's okay. This topic is pretty, pretty deep. No, I, think, I think it is as well. So the three, just to make sure I got it right, are mobility, offense, and defense. Yep. I think just from knowing my play style and even knowing from how I played hockey, I just, I like defense. Defense? Yeah. I don't want things to just fall over out of nowhere. So that's for my main guys. Like I'm perfectly willing to have another like set of guys that I don't consider essential to my army Mm -hmm. that are just sort of like flack around the outside. But for the part of my army that I'm building around, I Uh prefer for them to be able to like not just fall over when they're attacked. Okay, so you like that more armored core kind of thing. But that's not generally how you play your armies. But No, I don't think I play through armor, but I play through the ability of it evading being okay. taken down. You like I- them being tough. So what if you so are you more in general? So you, you prefer defense. Now I'm just wondering looking at, at the armies that you, you run. Even though you prefer the defensive kind of strength, right? If you had to choose one strength, it's basically you choose uh defense. Um do you feel like you're more like you like things that are more um, balanced or more skewed? Like when you, you said defense, but would you rather it be like the, the stats would be like four, three, three, as opposed to seven, one, one. No, so I, pre- I prefer more just balance. Or seven, two, one. I prefer right. more balance, but it means. Okay. So you'd want it to be like four, three, three, as opposed to seven, two, one. Yeah. But often you have to sacrifice defense to kind of get those other aspects on your models okay like typically for things that are around the same point range you're not going to get something that's super fast and it's like super survivable yeah so, 
I prefer to okay. just kind of move my lines up gradually rather than overextend myself while playing games. Okay, okay that makes sense. Certain and then games, you know, like the tactics force you to play certain ways. There's yeah. not a way to play. And when we play Infinity, like defense is quite costly usually. So I sometimes try to achieve otherwise. Like defense doesn't necessarily mean just you get shot and you don't fall over. Like it can yeah, mean, not necessarily just high armor three wounds. Right? Yeah, it can mean you're tough to be. It can mean you're tough to actually hit. Like you're kind of stealthy, and you've got like high dodging values. It could mean that they can't even attack you because you're in camo state or hidden state. Yep. So I I would say like I like defensive, but not necessarily in like the tanky way. Mm, okay, so like it's when you think about defense, it's it like better than being able to take a shot is to not get shot at all. There you go. So maybe my my view of defense is like an advanced form of it. Not just not <laughs> just, just because like, I had a pithy like good turn of phrase doesn't mean it's better. Uh huh. But it is pretty cool the way yeah. that that you say it. Yeah. So okay. So which one of those three aspects do you think you try to focus towards? I definitely like mobility. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of uh, glass glass cannons. Uh, the idea of uh, like using mobility to your advantage and uh, staying out, stay like choosing your battlefield, which is basically what mobility is about, right? Yep. Um, I find that. Um, it's it's kind of like a reactive kind of style, right? Where you're co- you're you're moving out, um, mo- your you, your moving has to be in relation to your opponent, and so the the feeling that I get when when I do it is just really good because you feel like you like next leveled your opponent when you avoid even if it you didn't really just because your maybe your unit is just so much more faster, so it's just easy to do. It has mm-hmm. that kind of feeling. Uh, I like the feeling of speed that the, just the idea of it feels more interesting to me. Um, like you're running circles around the opponent. Yeah. Infinity in the new version of it seems to lend itself towards that. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to start playing towards that direction, but I don't think it's yeah. my default way of playing. Yeah. It's just the way that I like, I've always liked that. Like when I played, you know, Eldar, I like their, their high mobility. When I play other, uh, like video games and things like that. I like having that that freedom of of moving around, dominating the field, and using that stuff as opposed to just being like an iron bulk work or someone who can who moves less but is has to like it's not like even when I play a a more slow um, army, right? That not, maybe it's, he's he they're out they're less mobile than the opponent. I like the aspects right that it's very interesting to me where you have to with slight movements choose the right movements to block off your opponent's mobility so that even if they have a greater mobility you have the ability to overcome them using that thing as opposed to overcoming the mobility by having like just a bigger a big gun that doesn't care about how fast they are or a long range gun right so even when i take a slower force i like one that's like more short ranged where you almost have to still next level your opponent with your small movements instead. They might move like 10 inches, but your one inch move is enough to make their 10 inches like useless, right? So that's why, you know, like when I played uh, War Machine, I like the uh, Kador, right? Because they're short and movement, but they have a, they punish you heavily, right? They have a strong ability to punish you if you 
get into their range. Mm -hmm. So that kind of interplay, even when I'm not playing a mobile army, I still like the mobility of that you have that that changes an, a, like I don't know what Cato would be a defensive like a a, a a brick force, right? Yeah, miniature games are like the whole aspect of playing on a tabletop is all about like creating positions and stuff like that. That's what you really get out of it versus card games and other sorts of games that are out there. All right. Well, that was our, our long topic for this one. Yep. All right. Uh, that's it for today. Uh, if you guys have any questions you want to throw our way, we are willing to answer anything about miniatures. Uh, you know, we're favorite miniature, least favorite miniature, why Games Workshop is bad in some sort of way. Why Games Workshop is good. We can come up with ideas if you ask us. It'll be a, <laughs> as long as it's only one minute. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, give us a shout. Uh, you can find us on uh, uh, our website, diceeverything.com, or you can uh, email us at contact at diceeverything.com. Uh, and we're at Facebook at Dice Over Everything Group if you want to post some stuff for us to check out. Yeah, you can find us there. All right. This has been Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye.